Coming up on this week's episode of Check Your Balances, an interview with chef and restaurateur Jonathan Krim. We explore the changes he's made in one of the hardest hit areas during this pandemic. Stick around. Check Your Balances is a show produced and owned by Craftwork Capital. The views expressed by the hosts and their guests are personal opinions and should not be considered personal financial advice or the opinion of Craftwork Capital. All investments have risk and may lose money. Consult with your financial advisor, tax preparer, or attorney prior to implementing anything discussed, and please do not use this show as the sole basis for financial decisions. Welcome back, everybody, to Check Your Balances. We are here for another week. Dan, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good this week. How about you, Ross? I am feeling great. Got to get out and uh, actually see a restaurant for the first time in, in what feels like a long time, not in a takeout sense for, for our interview this week. Yeah, and I must say, I wasn't there with you, but listening back to that interview made me really anxious to get out and, and give that one in particular a try. I'm sure he will appreciate that, and uh, and I think you're in for a treat. Now that we've got a couple episodes out there, I've gotten some pretty good feedback on the show, and I certainly appreciate everybody that's listened. And one of the things I got some feedback on was our intro music, which I think is really funny. So when you go through these websites that have all this royalty-free you know, music that you can buy if you're trying to you know, do the imaging for a podcast, you just go through and you listen by like mood and all of this stuff. So we've bought three different songs to use for this podcast. And within moments of buying them, I start hearing the songs we picked in national ad spots. So like we'll buy them. And and obviously, it's not exclusive. We're not paying a lot of money for this. But I'm curious if anybody else has noticed what company is using the same music that we're using for our intro. Is this a, a secret? Do we want people to guess? Or can I share my favorite story involving this? All right, so so I, I want people to guess because the one that we're using right now, I'm actually seeing quite a bit. And I will send gift cards to this establishment to the first five people that come up with which company it is that's using it. If you email us, so our, our email address is checkyourbalances at outlook.com. If you're one of the first five people that emails us with what you think, and you can guess, or, or if you hear it, obviously, it'll be, it'll be a no-brainer. But if you email us with the correct response, I'll send a gift card to the first five people, $5 each. That's pretty tempting. Yeah, you'll hear it. If you're looking, you'll find it. Uh, it's out there. So uh, check your balances at outlook.com and, and give us your best guesses. Uh, Dan, did, were you going to tell the story of, of the first one that we did? Uh, well, so you texted me a video of this music airing, and I, I'll keep the company secret, but... <laughs> The funniest part of that is I watched this video, which is an advertisement for a company, and it doesn't occur to me at all. And I was trying to figure out why you would send me this this video clip and just thought you wanted me to be aware of this very exciting deal. And uh, finally, I was like, okay, you know, what am I missing? Is this just something I should be aware of next time I'm out and about? And and you finally let me know. That's hilarious. You're clearly much more tuned in to this than, than I am. Apparently, yeah, no, I, I hear it instantly. And the first one that we bought uh, ended up in a WW or, or formerly Weight Watchers commercial. And so we had bought this thing, and probably a day later, we hadn't aired a single podcast. I'm I'm sitting listening, and it completely catches my ear. I, I, I was lazily watching TV, and instantly I notice, oh, that's the song we just bought. And so we ended up not using that one. And I think we may end up switching it up 
I don't think we've got so much brand recognition with that one song that, that we can't use multiples. So uh, we'll, we'll end up swapping them out from time to time. I think the biggest takeaway here is that clearly your ear is tuned in to the, the pulse of America right now and, and big corporations agree with you. Yeah, if this financial planning thing doesn't work out for me, I can uh, I can go be a music selector for the big ad agencies. I think you've got a career in that. Awesome. So uh, I do want to kick it over to our interview this week. And uh, I did go on site uh, with into the restaurant. We sat in a private room in the back and and everybody was safe. We kept our distance. But I really wanted to feature this guest because, number one, hospitality industry has been really affected by the pandemic. Anybody that needs to see people to do their business has been in, in tough shape. And I think one of the things that you and I appreciate about business most, Dan, is just how innovative people can be. You know, And when you think about a company versus you know, any other type of asset that you're valuing, what you're really looking for is people that can solve a problem. Right, people that are innovative—they're looking at the world, and they're not just kind of letting it come to them, but that they're going to adapt and change with the environment that changes around them. And I think that's really the feature of this story that we're about to share is kind of what that has looked like, um, both in this past year and and even in prior uh, crises. Yeah, I, I think hearing John's journey is really valuable, and I, I think and I hope everyone gets a lot out of listening. So, without any further ado, we're going to turn it over to my time with chef and restaurateur Jonathan Crin. Chef John Crin, thank you so much for, for joining the show. Uh, I am excited to have you. And I want to kick us off because when we met, you hadn't even opened this restaurant yet. Correct. We were living next door to each other. And you were telling me that you were being very modest in the way that you were describing what you were doing. You were kind of telling me, I'm opening this little cafe is kind of how it sounded to me. It's going to be in Vienna. Yeah, you should stop by and check it out. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah cool. I'll get there. And in the meantime, start reading these reviews about this up-and-comer new restaurant in Vienna that's like changing the Northern Virginia food landscape, and it turns out it's your place. And uh, I've been a huge fan ever since. So uh, I was late to the party, even though you told me before you even opened, but happy to have you as a friend, happy to have you as a guest on the show, and, and thanks for joining me. Oh, I, it's a pleasure. It's awesome. What a, what a great story. I know, uh, yeah, we were just passing... Uh, both of us working hard, passing each other in the night up the stay up and down the stairs, and, taking uh, out a lot of trash, right? Taking out a lot of trash, <laughs> giving each other the look. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know it well. Well, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Of right. course. So, so uh, your restaurant, Clarity, in Vienna, here in Northern Virginia. I guess I wanted to just start by hearing a little bit about how you would describe your your food, your cuisine, your restaurant pre-pandemic, and 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 what that looked like, and what you've been building. So yeah, I've been. Uh, been in Northern Virginia for 21 years now. Uh, came down from New York. Um, was there for six years, two years in France before that, and uh, five years cooking in D.C. before that, and grew up in the D.C. area. So uh, uh, it's been a long journey. Uh, you always think you're the one that's going to never have a down, always just up. I think we all think that, but then life happens, and you got to fight through it. So uh, when I came down here in uh, uh, 2000, uh, I opened a restaurant in Falls Church uh, called 2941. Um, as soon as I opened, 9-11 uh, hit. Uh, so that was world crisis number one in my, uh, in my career of being the boss of a kitchen uh, versus training under someone in a kitchen. So uh, I had all the responsibility, and then 9-11 uh, happened. So uh, fought through that uh, from 01 to 08. 
uh, in 08, I said, you know, I want to own my own place. And I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it in Tyson's Corner. Uh, and I in- invested heavily, um, built a beautiful restaurant, uh, was doing well for about uh, a year. And then the recession hit and uh, uh, took me out. Uh, so that was uh, world crisis number two. Uh, and, I, and I took the biggest hit you can take. Uh, so at that point, uh, I had uh, decisions to make, and uh, my personal decision was along business lines. I said, well, I, I, I want to continue to be a chef and own my own restaurant, but I made some poor decisions uh, regardless of the recession. Uh, recession notwithstanding, I think I, I, I didn't set it up right. Um, that restaurant in Tyson's, called, I called it Inox. Um, so at that point, that was 2010, and I said, uh, I need to learn the business side. Uh, I think I'm a nice guy, I can cook, but that obviously didn't turn into uh, success. Um, so I went and got a job at Booz Allen Hamilton, uh, totally out of the culinary field, uh, into innovation marketing uh, on the cyber, cyber portfolio, um, and actually thrived there for five years. Um, learned a lot, of, a lot of new ways to... Uh, plan, execute, manage yourself and other people, actually did pretty well there uh, and uh, gave me a, a really expanded set of skills. So in 2015, I opened Clarity. Uh, and I actually told my boss at Booz Allen that I wasn't finished at Booz uh, learning and could I go 100% virtual and keep my job and actually be the chef owner of Clarity and also full-time Booz Allen. And she said yes, because she's a a real foodie and wanted a reservation all the time. Uh, and so actually for the first three years that Clarity was open, I, uh, I was double timing. Um, again, expanding my skills incredibly. Um, and, Clar- and Clarity was doing very well in 2018. I, re- I resigned from Booz Allen of, um, and Clarity was, uh, has done well ever since. Now the pandemic hits in uh, 2020 and because of the journey I just described and all the skills that I was able to acquire uh, instead of sort of quitting back in 10, um, I was actually able to take the bull by the horns in a sense uh, and proactively guide my entire team uh, through the pandemic. It just happened to be, uh, you know, another chance in life to show what you got. And I had a different set of skills than I did uh, the last time something, uh, a world crisis hit. So clarity is... Uh, a modern American restaurant. And the way I term modern American is um, using the best products you can, uh, techniques and ingredients from around the world, um, putting together food and drinks in exciting ways and with constant change to keep it top of mind uh, for your clientele. And that's, that's what I've been doing pre-pandemic. Um, and that's also what I have done uh, during the pandemic. Uh, to expand my uh, portfolio of offerings versus uh, reduce the portfolio of offerings, and it worked. I, I would have described your restaurant, and I, I hope this is a comfortable description, but but almost as approachable fine dining before Correct. the pandemic, right? A- you, absolutely. You, you don't have to be in a, a coat and tie to feel comfortable in, in your restaurant, but the food is at that quality where special occasions this is where I want to be it, for, for me personally. Yeah, I mean, just like just like the in normal workplaces, I mean, uh, uh, it's not just casual Friday anymore. It's it's literally work dress has changed. Right. Right. You can be doing, uh, you know, a huge deal and no one's wearing a suit anymore. So it's the same thing in food. Um, if you want to, you want to, 
reduce the barriers to entry. I mean, that's a big thing for me, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the first thing that I looked for when I was looking for a, a spot for clarity, a physical space, was parking. Because that's a barrier to entry, and uh, you can fight through it, but why have that barrier if you don't have to? So that was that. Dress is another one. Yeah. Right. Awesome. So, you know, your, your food has been incredible and has really been on the map in, in Northern Virginia. Has your approach to the food changed at all as, as you've kind of moved towards, uh, I mean, a, a lot of it has become almost carryout oriented, right? It's yeah. a lot of to-go food. How has that changed what you've needed to do with your menus and, and to, to kind of keep everything humming? So March 14th, when Northern Virginia was shut down, or the world was shut down, um, I lost 100% of my base business, my main business that got me to that point. So I immediately, instead of thinking, how do I get that base business back at 100% or even 80% or 70%, I said, starting now, March 15th, I have to think of, for example, 20 new businesses that each capture 5% of a new market, then that adds up to 100 now, I may not hit 100, but the idea is diversity of your business portfolio, just like a stock portfolio, right? That's what tends to do well uh, in the long run. So that's exactly what I did. Um, I actually invested in um, a competition smoker, a, um, uh, an Argentinian-style grill, um, a new you know, way to cook our pizzas that we were going to do. So I, I, I wanted to create business immediately lots of different business because i actually wanted to expand my my market because there were so many less people eating out you know eating at that point and it was all to go for the first few months um that you really had to capture different markets right and in a sense yes you were gonna i was gonna compete with the barbecue place compete with i mean we did pupusas we did tacos we did anything we could think of to compete just a little bit with other markets if you add it all up piece by piece it may give you enough to sustain. Yeah. Well, and, and we're, we're sitting here almost a year later from, from that March 14th, right? We're, we're coming up on the year anniversary and, and we're still sitting here, right? So, so uh, at least in, in that sense, it's been successful. You've sustained. And, um, you know, as we look at a year where hopefully the uh, vaccine getting wider and wider distribution and people hopefully going back to dining out, do you see yourself continuing with all those new lines of business and some of those things that you've added that weren't part of your, your core before? Well, the pandemic, is, the pandemic has, has enabled a lot of creativity for a lot of businesses, obviously. Um, a lot of those uh, profiles that people have created around the world are going to stick post, post-pandemic. Um, diversity within a menu and multiple profiles with uh, in a given physical footprint for a restaurant oftentimes has translated to clientele and media as brand confusion if i open an oyster bar under like in a sense a bunch of pop-ups right if i open an oyster bar at clarity people will be like well wait is it an oyster bar is it if i do barbecue they'll be able well, wait are you a barbecue place or are you a modern american you know casual fine dining if i do an argentine grill wait are you a grill place? See, during the pandemic, all that went away. Mm-hmm. Now you were celebrated for diversity, okay? Which I think, you know, post-pandemic, that has got to stay because people have to embrace the fact that creative chefs 
can be uber creative and not confuse their main brand uh, because it gives them a chance to overmax the income of their physical space, right? To go moving forward, I mean, granted, I never thought of it either much before, um, it should stay. Um, anything that enables having a restaurant to be easier moving forward, which there, there are th ways to do it, um, are now being embraced by the, the public and the media. The media you know, never needed to understand how things are done in the, in, 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 the, in the infrastructure of a restaurant. But now they're very interested in it, and they're seeing the creativity come to light. So speaking of creativity, what, one of the things that is very common when, when things get a little bit tight is that we kind of resource conserve, right? Yeah. Just naturally as people, I think we tend to go, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tighten up. And you've been introducing other chefs in this area to your patrons, yeah. uh, which seems uh, incredibly generous and also interesting. But, but how did that thought process go for you that now you're bringing other chefs in and featuring their work as part of your, your menu and your team? Yeah, so, you know, I thought, look, what, uh, it, I am more than sustaining in the pandemic. I mean, we're, we're not at 100% level, but it's, it's enough to... Uh, pay everybody and, and do what we need to do. So at that point I said, well, at what, I really asked myself sort of a life question, like at what point, especially in small business, do you stop only focusing on yourself and your own business and your own employees and everything that you are responsible for and try to create opportunity for others? Now I don't use the word help because everyone's doing their own thing uh, and everyone's circumstances are different. I felt like now was the time to try to create opportunity, um, you know, a service for a price, not, it's not charity, um, to create a business opportunity for others that are in a tougher situation than me. And, and DC is in a tougher situation, um, restriction-wise, logistically, uh, activity-wise, than Northern Virginia. And I'm only five miles from DC, so I said, well, wait a second, I have to think of something. And so what I did, I tried to bring, what I've been doing is bringing DC to Northern Virginia. Um, if DC is restricted on clientele, I have plenty of clientele. I'm going to bring them out here and introduce them to the Northern Virginia clientele. So I'm doing guest chef uh, evenings um, for six different chefs uh, over a span of six weeks. Uh, so they can cook their food here in my kitchen with me. Um, and the Northern Virginia clientele can, can come and eat it, either to go or in-house. And, uh, and that money goes to them, to, to the DC chefs. That's awesome. Yeah, they've been, it's been a very actually uh, emotional set of evenings, um, you know, when, when it's a chef to chef opportunity. Um, it's something that I, I haven't seen much of, so I, I'm pretty proud of it. And, and what an incredible way to learn other techniques and to expand your own cooking by, by being in a, in a, in, a, in your kitchen, watching these other people work and sharing what you know. I, mean, I haven't been able to, in a sense, work in another kitchen since, you know, I was training in New York. I mean, once you, once you take on the responsibility, then, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're in your own house. Uh, this is an incredible way of, in a sense, doing a, what we call a stage uh, in six other kitchens uh, of all completely different food. None of it is actually European-based food. Um, to learn and, uh, and excite my staff and myself uh, uh, with new techniques and ingredients.
Yeah. Which I think is so critical. I mean, I, I, there, there's no place that people don't get a little bit bogged down in their work and, and the mundane yeah. and, and just the day-to-day of, of what running a business is like and what doing a job is like. To be able to infuse that for both yourself and your staff and, and then what it's going to do for these other chefs. I mean, that, that just seems like a win-win-win all around. Well, what I, I think of myself, if I would title myself in, on the business side of a restaurant, and it wouldn't matter if I sold paper clips or chairs or you know food and drink i would say you you have to be a business creator you know business development is a phrase that's used obviously in in all businesses but business creation it didn't exist and now tomorrow it does exist so you created an opportunity for business and and that keeps things exciting you know um nimble was a word you used before we went on uh activity activate um, uh, diversify, top of mind, excitement. Those are all words that I always tell myself because that's what you have to create. And in a small business or any business, uh, that's what you're looking to do because, look, you have, to, you have to create business every day and you have to try to do a little better every day, and that's the way to do it. You certainly can't sit around, uh, pandemic or otherwise. Yeah, I mean, but before the pandemic, you started doing these trips uh, where... I mean, just tell me, and I haven't gotten a chance to do one, and, and honestly, it's kind of a bucket list item for me. I, I want to do one of these desperately with you when, when we can, but you were doing destination trips with small groups to, to take me through that and what you were doing and, and, and what that was yeah, like. Yes, so, uh, uh, my wife's a yoga teacher, and uh, so we combined our skills um, of food, uh, yoga, uh, wine, spirits, uh, throw a little golf in there. And uh, we just decided to start seeing if anyone wanted to come along with us to some faraway places and, uh, and have like a, an adult spring break. <laughs> uh, but at a, uh, in places like uh, Vietnam and Croatia and Greece, um, and lo and behold, some people want to come hang out with us. And we ended up uh, starting this, this retreat series uh, where we... We go to markets and we cook and then we do yoga and then we do excursions and it's about it's ten days and uh, we were in 2020 we were supposed to go uh, just above Barcelona um, and that that we pushed to uh, probably 2022 but yeah we're we're able to do uh, uh, have some fun uh, you know while we while we work yeah I mean I I just find that so incredible and and it just seems to me like um, especially around here everybody's got enough stuff. And, and what everybody seems to be searching for is new experiences and things that uh, you can't just go out and do, right? If you, if you miss it, you can't recreate it. And, and, and you guys are doing that for people in, in a really impactful way. And well, think about it. If, if, if you're, you know, you're in your own business, you're sitting at your desk saying, how do I create more business? Um, it's like the Guest Chef series as, as, a, uh, as an example. If I really, in a sense, care about my clientele, Yes, I can always create new opportunities for them to come and eat my food, to come and experience my staff, and that's fantastic. But if, why don't we take it to another level? Why don't we introduce my clientele to another chef, right? Share the wealth, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting concept, well, but it actually does bring in more business to my restaurant. And, it, and it, for your clientele... It shows them a different side of you, it, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally. You're creating a totally different experience 
uh, for your guests who have shown you so much loyalty. So if you want to do better in your own business, go out and get some sense in other business. You call them subject matter experts. I basically getting SMEs to come in here and, you know, give us a little, uh, little class on uh, different cooking, which has been just absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, that's another, another aspect of diversification, which I think every single business uh, needs to, uh, you know, over max, like I said. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just incredibly impressed, and and uh, you know, obviously, we've known each other a little bit now, and but but watching you operate as as a restaurateur, as a creative, as a chef has has been a, a great privilege for me, and and uh, I can't wait to see what you're going to come up with next, <laughs> and uh, you know, it it's a story where, and I, I appreciate you kind of giving the backstory because you've been through. I mean, in many respects, the, the school of hard knocks, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't your first rodeo with, with something going uh, a little bit sideways when, when you may not have seen it coming. And well, the last rodeo, um, I got, got thrown, from the, th- thrown from the bull after about two seconds, and then he turned around and stomped on me and then went back around and <laughs> kicked me again. <laughs> so, so you got to look at yourself and say, uh, okay, you know, probably, probably 99% of people would quit this particular endeavor at that point. Um, but if you say, you know what, I'm going to, no one can take away from this, this experience from me. So if I do utilize it, I actually could probably have a, uh, as, a as, uh, Liam Neeson says, a particular set of skills <laughs> and utilize them. Yeah. Well, well, it, it, the, those experiences, and I'm sure they weren't fun, but they seem to have made you very resilient very creative, very passionate about what you're doing every day, uh, and it really shows in your work. And, and uh, for anybody that, that is in the area in Northern Virginia, they should come through and, and check out your restaurant or uh, just when they're visiting town because it's, it's a treat. That's awesome, Ross. I love it. Thanks, John. Appreciate you joining the show today. We'll let you get back to your day, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Well, that's it for this week's episode. If you want to learn more about John's restaurant, you can visit his website at clarityvienna.com. Again, that's clarityvienna.com. Learn more about their hours, their menu, and even order some takeout. Uh, and don't forget, Ross issued all our listeners a challenge. If you can identify what major brand is using our intro music in their advertising, he will give five people a gift card to that place. So you can send your guesses to check your balances at outlook.com. Don't forget to send any questions, leave us a rating if you enjoy the podcast, and we will catch you next week.